0: All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matchlick. You're listening
1: to Matchlick Live. If you want to give me a call, as usual, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. And, uh, hey, I got back from Pennsylvania, I was out there, uh, flew up Friday and got back Sunday night and did a conference out there. And, uh, I just want to say thanks to, uh, Isaiah and Abel and Doug your hospitality and uh, transportation and stuff like that great guys out there uh, so i had a good time I, good, I had a good time and um but i'll tell you <laughs> flying out there of course our flight was delayed and instead of having one leg then i had two and then i didn't get until late and, and then coming back flight was delayed in denver and uh, but you know that's just how it goes but i will say this that uh, i got to witness to a mormon in uh In Denver and uh, let's see I witnessed to some Mennonites Uh, where was that when I witnessed to them anyway someplace I talked to uh, oh man I talked to a bunch of people (laughs) and yesterday I had to go to the store and uh, there's Mormon missionaries coming out of the store and I talked to them so uh, anyway it was fun but uh, there you go all right hey why don't you give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six so at the conference I spoke on the um, the perichoretic relationship of the Trinitarian communion as it relates to the hypostatic union now talk about nerdy topics but uh, I I enjoyed it and I developed a um, PowerPoint slide and uh with a bunch of stuff with definitions and stuff and i went through it slowly Well, kind of no actually the first time i was there's a lot there to present i didn't go super fast but i didn't go slowly and then finally i got down to an area where i could slow down and uh hopefully that went well because people said they liked it they said it went well so praise god for that and uh let's see what else was it oh yeah and then i spoke uh on the deity of christ the undiminished deity of christ and i enjoyed doing that that was a lot of fun so i don't know if you were there or not if you're listening you know and you were there because maybe some of the people are now listening on line and you know just check me out whatever if you want to call in and uh, talk about the conference at all that's fine too the number is 877-207-2276 and if any of you want to call that's the number but you can also just send me an email info at karm.org info at karm.org and you can uh, just put a subject line there you can put uh, let's see uh, be radio question or radio comment that'd be good all right and so i think that's about it and uh... I see these these two guys just picked me up at the airport out there I, I flew into Pittsburgh first time I've ever been in Pittsburgh and then we had about an hour and 20 minutes hour and a half drive back to a city called Indiana and that's where the conference was and uh when we we're there talking they're great guys really they were um they could say uh welcome to Matt's Lick Live just call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. they would say it together <laughs> so I guess they've been listening for a while so that was pretty good And got a kick out of that. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, um, teaching there. And the first, you know, I I taught uh, I think around two o'clock or two thirty, something like that. And then we had a three-hour lunch, uh, dinner break, and then I taught again afterwards. And before the dinner break, oh my goodness, it was so hot. I was up there just, I was drenched. Uh, it was just what it is. They don't have uh, central air. They just have fans, and and that was fine. And normally the uh, temperature's been really cool. They said everything's been fine. But that day got a little warm, so they got a fan and got me some ice water and managed it. Oh, and uh, that was fine. There were good people there, a lot of good people. All right. Having said that, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Um... So what I'll do, since we don't have any callers waiting right now, I'll get into some of the radio questions and comments and things like that. All right, uh, to Matt Slick, I am a non-believer. You ask for just one question, but I have many. My first question would have not been easier for your God just created all human in heaven within heaven. Um, hmm. Where it'd have been easier? I don't know. Because, uh, you know, what's it mean to say it's easier? It's, it's not a. You mean easier as in the effort of God and he had to oomph when he made the universe and everything? Or do you mean easier as in a plan? Do you mean easier as in how it works out uh, for time? Because the question, you know, is it easier, just really doesn't really, not to be disrespectful, it doesn't make any sense. Because easier in what sense? Easier in what regard? And with God, it's not any more difficult to create a universe or to create a planet. It's not any more difficult to have an eternal plan developed or a partial plan within that developed. So it's just not that good a question, um, so I think what he might mean is why didn't he just create people in heaven instead of having to go through everything well uh, there are legal reasons according to the laws, a reflection of the character of God and the redemptive work and, and people falling in their sin and all kinds of stuff and then God in Christ performing the greatest act of love and so there's a lot of stuff in there uh, and it wouldn't have been easier uh, but then we have the issue of well, what about God's love, His character, His righteousness, His holiness, and uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, all of it has to be taken into account. Let's get to another email. Uh, let's see, Howdy, Mister Slick. Love your name and show. Thank you. Oh, that reminds me. I was uh, I was at a terminal. I was in Denver, right, coming back, and. Um, so I had to verify something at the counter and I went up to, and and uh, verify what's your last name I said Slick and they give me this this slight pause <laughs> I said you can laugh it's okay and so these two ladies started chuckling and uh, I always use that as an opportunity to witness so I said yeah this and I'm I'm a reverend too a reverend Slick and they kind of chuckled I said it just doesn't sound good does it but yeah. uh at any rate so uh that was fun So anyway, he says, I sent you this question on Facebook page. I guess you didn't get it. That's for sure. However, my question is, I know God made Adam and Eve, and they had two sons, Cain and Abel. When Cain killed Abel, God told Cain he will be a marked man. Did God make other people in general, or did they come from Adam's ribs or Eve? Um, Eve is the only one who came from the rib of Adam, and they had other children. Now, where is the verse for that? I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 5, verse 4. Then the days of Adam, uh, after he became the father of Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. So uh, he had a lot of children in 800 years. So Eve, man, I wonder how many kids she had. I mean, can you think about it? I bet you she set the record. It just got to be maybe she had over 100 kids I don't know but uh, you know she he lived 800 years I'm sure she lived several hundred years and they were they're just made with great genetics They can live that long and uh, I'm sure they were doing a lot of beginning uh, and that's what was happening and so uh, they would marry actually they would marry the brothers and sisters uh, at first and it wasn't until later when the formation of Israel as a nation occurred that God then put a prohibition on uh, on incest. This is probably because the genetic line um, you know, was pure, perfect uh, with um, with Adam and Eve and over time and the introduction of sin and other issues and stuff gradually as now it's time to stop that and that's what they did. So hope that helps. Hope that's interesting. And uh, that's what the verse is let's see come on get right in there there we go and that's in uh, Genesis 5-4 when the days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years can you imagine living that long can you imagine living 800 years man what does he have arthritis um, you know for 800 years I don't know I don't know I'm just, just rambling alright so there's that question so let's get to another question and if you guys want, you can give me a call eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. I want to hear from you. Give me a call, please. And let's see. Got that? Got this? I'm doing that. All this stuff to click and stuff. All right. How about this? And if you want, you can put questions in. Um, in hold on a sec. In Rumble, and you can put them in Clubhouse too you can also email me info at karm.org info at karm.org let's see my son-in-law has posed a question to me about Old Testament reliability he is struggling with having heard something perceived about perceived differences between Old Testament Hebrew text and the Greek Septuagint text I don't really know where to begin on this one yeah I'm I'm pretty well versed regarding New Testament criticism but this one caught me off guard I'd really appreciate it if you discussed this Um. yeah it's it's interesting um and I, I, okay, I would like to talk to an expert in this because I need to have my own questions answered. I do know that the Septuagint, when the Jews translated the Hebrew, they did things f- with the Hebrew that doesn't seem to be exactly a translation. So the question then becomes: Did they have another? Hebrew text, and it wouldn't seem that they did, but is it possible? The other thing is, did they understand things about the text in such a way that they translated it into the Greek according to their understandings about how it was uh, commonly referred to, and maybe that's what they did as well. Now They didn't do it every every verse, but there's enough of those where you start going, okay, it's interesting. This is the, the Septuagint version that's quoted in the New Testament, not the Hebrew. So uh it's stuff like that. And I, that's about as much as I know about it. I'll have to get some research on that and see if I could uh learn more about it, but that's what I know. And um thanks he says he recommends the website all the time and he's listened for a decade now. Well, hey, wow, thank you. Now back now you got me curious. I wonder what the record record would be for who's been listening to me on the radio the longest. So he says ten years. So, I wonder who's been listening longer. Now, Charlie would, would, that doesn't count. Okay, he doesn't count because he's always helping me and stuff like that. He's been listening for a long time. I've been doing radio uh, five days a week for 18 years, uh, 19, 18, and, um, and I did two years uh, before that, one day a week. So, I've done radio for 20 years. So, I wonder who's the, uh, who's the longest. All right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. We have four open lines We got Joseph waiting, but we got a break here any second. So what I'll do is let you know before the break that we do have uh, a need for support. If you would care to, if you like what uh, you hear on the radio and if you want to support the ministry, of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry. If you want to con- contribute and support it, please consider going to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, and you can uh, just you know, donate right there. We ask $5 a month or $20 a month, whatever it is. You can quit whenever you want, and that's that. All right? So there's the music. we we'll write right back after these messages. Please give me a call for open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, well, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call,
1: 877-207-2276. Let's get to Joseph. Hey, Joseph, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Mm-hmm. Just
2: uh, had a question for you, but I also wanted to let you know I wait I was able to go back to the church again. And my mom enjoyed it more this time, so it looks like we'll be able to make it a regular place now. So I'm happy about that. Good, Um, glad to hear that. My question, yeah, my question for you is: We've been watching the Chosen, and they they keep putting dates on the screen of you know how it took how things took place, you know, before Jesus was born, and then after he's been after he was born. But it keeps saying like AD. I thought that only came after Jesus died on the cross. So I'm guessing now, I'm I forgot what the meaning of AD stood for then.
1: Yeah, it's anno domini, and it means uh, the year of the Lord. And so, um, in the year of the Lord, is what it means. And so they generally go by well, what we, what we call the year zero, but it's actually technically probably off by four years. So someone I forgot who it was, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, did a genealogical search, uh, or whatever it was. Not, anyway tried to figure out when jesus was born using uh, best knowledge and archaeology and and references and books that he had and he did pretty well uh came up to uh to zero which we call zero but i think he missed it by four years it's supposed to be four bc when Je- so jesus was born four bc you know kind of a joke but uh but it became the standard uh, in western civilization so that's it, that's what it means if our Lord, if his birth, okay? Okay, you there? Hello, I'm not hearing you. Let's give you another little bit of a minute here. I'm not hearing you, so I'm gonna do. So. Oh, nope, there you go, heard something. Thanks. Are you there?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I've been trying to look up some books on uh, helping talk to my Mormon friends too. I heard it on uh, the radio earlier, or yesterday, about some books on how to talk to Mormons and things like that, So I'm still having a hard time finding the 3,913s. I haven't had a chance to reach out to MRM.org yet. I have heard some other things on on their little 5-10 minute show that they do sometimes, and they were recommending a couple books, so I definitely want to check those out. So, yeah, other than that, I really, really yeah, well. appreciate your Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go okay. ahead. Cool. I was going to say, I really appreciate your time. As always, you know, I love listening to you on the radio, and uh, I guess I'll call back if I have any other questions, like I normally do. So, thanks again, Matt, and God bless you, and you have a great rest of your day.
1: All right, man. You too. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Well, God All bless. Right. Okay. All right, that was Joseph from Utah, and if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-20-72276. two zero, seven two two seven six. I'm really glad he's going to that church. That's good. So praise God, praise God. All right, let's get to Eric from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Eric, welcome you on the air.
3: Oh, thank you, brother Matt. Love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question uh, regarding this uh, Genesis six four. The giants mm-hmm. and the earth, and um, the way people tie in the sons of God and the daughters of men, and um, the bearing of children. I'm I'm wondering well, who do you see these sons of God as being? Number angels. one, fallen angels. Number okay, mm-hmm. so so number two then. Um, are you are are you of the impression that these sons of God impregnated these called sons of God these fallen angels impregnated women?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Um. So that that sort of forces a question out of my uh, for me mm-hmm. how is a fallen angel.
1: How can it be done? That's
3: no, <laughs> not so much. Well, go ahead and answer that. I'll ask the other
1: question in a moment. Because the answer is I don't know how it works.
3: Well, okay. well, then maybe not knowing is 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 somewhat, I don't want i got to be delicate when I say it. It may not be the case, but my question is, how is it the the question how is it that fallen angels are called sons of god
1: because that's how the is term say, is in used. other words is i'm sorry that's how the term is used sons of god the term well i
3: got that but we it seems to me there's a connecting of a dot that isn't there there's an assumption that these were fallen angels well, uh because i'm sorry
1: See the term "sons of God." I right now, like I just did this on my computer, my program. I just take type in uh, "sons of God," and it gives me every reference in the Old Testament. And so, I, I, we can. And look. it's
3: what about? Six, it's about six of them, or so.
1: There's five in the Bible.
3: Five. There we go. Five.
1: In the in the Old Testament, excuse me. And so uh, we have Genesis six four, the issue under discussion. We have Job. One six. Now there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Job two one. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Then there's Job uh, thirty eight seven. When the morning stars okay. sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So okay. Uh, So we have one, two, three, four, five uh, references. Two of them are in Genesis 6, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, the Nephilim on the earth in those days when the sons of God came into the daughters of men. So if we're going to look and say, well, what does the sons of God mean, the term mean in Genesis 6, and we can't tell from it, doesn't say they're angels, doesn't say they're people, doesn't say whatever, just we don't know. Then you find out how it's used in other contexts and how it's used other contexts of angels. So it's safe to say that that's what no. it was.
3: Well, how many how many times is it written in the Book of Genesis?
1: And uh, j- just two. in Genesis six two and six four sons right. plural sons of God, not son of God. I got but that. Sons
3: of God. So my no. my trouble, and you can correct me, but my trouble is. You know, is Satan referred to as a son of God? No, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to correlate that that they would be fallen angels being referred to as sons of God. That's part of my problem. That's not the only one, but I'll, I'll let you respond well, to that, and I'll bring out the yeah. other. Go ahead.
1: So, I just now did a search for the term "son of God" in the Old Testament. It does not occur. I do sons of God it does so here's something to consider here's something to consider all right Um, in Genesis 6 verse 9 uh, let me get over to where it is it says this these are the records of the generations of Noah Noah was a righteous man blameless in his time but the word there is uh, literally generations and the word, this is the NASB I'm reading out of, but it can also be a perfect or having integrity in his generations, his ancestry. Now we got a break coming up. So hold on, and we'll get into this, and I'll expand on this quite a bit, a little bit. Okay, so hold on. Hey, folks, we have a break. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And I want to give a special thanks to Marsha, Marsha,
1: Marsha, who gave a $10 rant. Uh, that's uh, nice support there inside of of Rumble. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you very much all right hey if you want to give me a call all you gotta do is dial 877-207-2276 let's get back on with Eric Eric you still there yes sir all right yes sir right here okay so what I was going to bring up on this issue here is that it talked about the the ancestry of Noah was not corrupted now why would the angelic realm want to do this with women it's because most probably they wanted to destroy the messianic line it's a a a thing early on and then you know noah's ark came okay and so that's one theory now check this out this is first peter 3 um, 19 because you talked about jesus being made alive in the spirit and with his death and resurrection In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison who were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark. And so a lot of people think that's a reference to uh, this issue there. And then when you go to Jude 6... And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode. He has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. And notice what he says next, because this is interesting, because he starts talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Because he says that they're kept in darkness for the day of the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these, the same way as what? As the angels, the same way as these indulged in gross immorality. And the word there is ekporneo. And it has to do with just really bad uh, sexual immorality. And they went after strange flesh and are exhibited as an example of undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So there's New Testament support for the idea that this was fallen angels with women. Okay?
3: Well, how is it that that reference isn't to uh, sodomy amongst men, strange flesh, among men among men? How is it that that? impossible? No, it impossible? is. It is.
1: It, it, obviously, it is. what? I'm uh, sorry? Obviously it is. Sodom and Gomorrah is homosexuality and the the evil that they were practicing, which is a oh, okay. lesson I for thought us now. Making,
3: I, thought, I thought you were making a connection that that was a reference to the angels doing oh, no, that no. with women. Oh, okay. No, so, no.
1: But, mm-hmm. no, I was going to say what what Jude does is he talks about the angels who did not keep their first abode; they're in right. eternal uh, bonds, and, ju- and uh, for the great day of judgment, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities, in the same way as these, the angels. That's what references. Same way as these indulged in gross immorality, went after strange flesh. So, Sodom and Gomorrah is talking about Mm -hmm. homosexuality the whole bit and how bad it was, and the angels did it too. They, they, they
3: did not go. I have a problem that they were able because I think here's here's where I think I let me speak on this and see if I'm missing it. Um, That verse there, when I look at the Genesis verse,
1: okay, it
3: speaks of. I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead. I didn't know which verse. That's all. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, the Genesis 6, 4 verse, when reading it, it just seems to, it starts about the giant. And then it follows. Yeah. After the mention of the giant, the matter of the sons of God going into the daughters of men. Let's look at it better. Let's
1: look at it. Look. Verse 3, then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he is also flesh excuse me flesh nevertheless his days shall be 120 years the Nephilim were on the earth in those days so in the time of Noah they were Nephilim now the Septuagint translates as gigantus gigant big the Nephilim were huge and also afterwards he says when the sons of God came into the daughters of men now what's interesting here is it has a nephilim were on the earth in those days also afterward so it looks like this was going on for quite a while from very early
3: okay well well but again there's the assumption that it was going on that caused the giant and that's where i'm having a problem you follow what i'm saying in other words oh yeah okay yeah so so i i think it's i think it's wise to err on the side of caution because people automatically assume that the giants were the product of angels with women and i think that is not necessarily uh, i think one, one should hesitate before making that it is an assumption when there's nothing that That's says fine. such
1: okay You're right so good good wait, hold on hold on good logic good logic and so I, I like it that you're looking at exactly what it says and going through it. So this is one of the theories because of this kind of insight that you're bringing up. The Nephilim were there before and after, and we know that yeah. they were giants. So what is the source of them? Some say it was an angelic half-breed thing. Some say it wasn't. And there's different theories about it, and, and just because of some things you're saying. That's good.
3: Well, right. And so therefore, I think to err on the side of caution is the first aside. when the question is asked, how were angels able to be with women? The answer, at least in your case, was, well, I don't know. So then stick with the I don't know in saying, well, let's not assume that's what it
1: was, because but there's I can, an assumption. No, I, I get you. Sorry? But I can say okay. I don't know how they did it. But I can still assume well, that they did. Not knowing how doesn't mean they didn't. So me me explain. The, we know from Scripture that angels can appear as people, and you can't even tell the difference between them. You can't even tell they're not human beings. So the angels have some sort of ability to take on a human form in extreme detail. We're talking irises that move open and close with uh, the sunlight, with sweat, with hairs on arms. These people were experts at knowing what people look like. And you can't even tell that they're not not human. So if they have that kind of ability down to the details, well, then I think it's possible they can have the details in other areas more refined.
3: Well, that's also an assumption regarding uh, reproductive organs. Well, hold on. let me ask let me ask you, you. Let, me ask you. Well,
1: let me ask you what's your position what do you think it really is because you keep wanting to my negate position, it
3: yes thank Go okay ahead. thank you my position is that the sons of god were godly men these were godly men who um, bore um, bore children okay. Th- that that just leave it simple because a fallen angel I would never okay
1: I got you it's just called the Sethite uh, theory so if that's the case then I'm going to show you something else, okay? But I'm going to ask yeah, well, you,
3: before, uh, before you... Before you show me, before you show, what I'm trying to do, though, is separate these Nephilim from the sons of God being the ones who produced them necessarily because well, when can, people connect those I got people you, work. that's what you're
1: trying to do I get you, you're trying to do that but you just like you, see you're good at saying this doesn't necessitate that but then you want to draw a necessary thing that still doesn't necessitate it you can say but here's a theory Here's the no, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on yeah. you can say here's a right. theory, there's a theory I lean towards this one that's what you do Okay. you can't say well, this, a, that's it, this is stuff. a fact but here's a question for you the records of generation of Noah, he was righteous man, blameless in his generations, perfect in his ancestry. Why, why do you think that's there? I why don't do know. Okay.
3: Well, uh, I, I think it's Let me show something a, else. R, 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 do me a favor. Ask the question again. Let me process it a little bit.
1: All right. Why would, if it's just people, human beings, then why would the comment be put in there in Genesis 6-9 that Noah was perfect or pure in his generations his ancestry so would i would only
3: case? think because it's i think it's only referring to that hint to him as an individual it's speaking of him i don't know okay. why well
1: why well, would it be necessary why who cares when it says the son of god well, came because, into the daughters god of men well, hold hold on please hold on hold on oh i you am can't both on. talk I'm not
3: interrupting. i thought i was I thought I was answering yeah, the question. That's what I thought. Yeah. I wasn't trying to interrupt you, Matt. I yeah. would never do that.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying if it's the if it's just people that are the Nephilim, that the daughters of men and all that, just people, then why is it necessary to say that Noah is perfect in his ancestry? Why would that be necessary? That's the question. I mean, we want think? to
3: give the same the same answer is God is highlighting him as an individual as to why he's separating this man, this man from others to be the one to build the ark i i I just look at it in a simple way and maybe i'm going to tell me i'm i don't know why that's in error
1: but it doesn't make sense because well he's already human doesn't need to point out that his ancestry was perfect okay so it it makes more sense to say if they were interbreeding and there was were half breeds everywhere noah's generation was clear was clean that's what makes more sense but hey hold on i'll show you one more verse out of Daniel, which I think is very interesting and relative to this. So hold on, okay, buddy. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live! Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with
1: Eric. and Eric. Oh, come on, I hit the right button. I, closed. I hit the wrong one. Okay, let's try this again. Hey, it's not working. There we go. Hey, Eric, you there?
3: Daniel. Yes, I am. Right. Just had a okay. question before you go into that other. Um, you're you're mm-hmm. tying in Noah. What, what is your purpose for tying in Noah with with this and the per- being perfect in this generation? What is, I'm trying to make sure I'm understanding the connection you're trying to make with this, the Nephilim and the okay. sons of God.
1: It makes sense to say that the reason the genealogy of Noah was said to be pure is because the uh the half breeds, uh, the fallen angels and the Nephilim were um, growing in number and they weren't uh it was a part of a plan to destroy the messianic line. This is what the Jews always taught, incidentally, by the way, is that it was the Nephilim they, they were they were the offspring of, of fallen angels. And the Christian church believed it till the 500s when it came under attack and they came up with a the satirite theory, just so you know. But, hey, I want to show you something. You're familiar, I hope, with Daniel, Chapter 2, with the, um, the, the, the vision that Nebuchadnezzar has and the statue, right? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. And so down at the feet, which is, and there's debate on this, but, you know, this is a generally held idea is that, they are periods of time and that the feet and the clay is supposed to be towards the end times, towards Christ's return and stuff like that. Okay, we'll just leave it generically like that. This is what it says in Daniel 2.43, and in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men but they will not adhere to one another. So in another translation, you can, you can say they will combine with one another with the seed of men. And so the implication here is that whoever the they is is not people. They will combine <laughs> with one another in the seed of men. Seriously, it's one of the, the uh, analysis of the Hebrew the construction that it is there. The implication is that they is not people because they are combining in the seed or with the seed of men. So what would that well, be? What would the they be?
3: Well, I, I, you know, he's talking about a statue and other things right now. I don't know, but are you saying there? You're, you're. Are you suggesting that they are non humans as well, doing the combining? Is
1: it that what seems to be the case. It seems to be the the case in Daniel two forty three.
3: Okay, now, so the the point here, the, the point would then be for me, mm-hmm. I'm viewing these sons of God as as not. Uh, as, as not uh, uh, fallen because son- fallen angels would not be referred to as sons of God. That's of my point. Of course they are. I just showed you see.
1: where they were. I read the, the where, scriptures. Where they are. Absolutely they are. Where, Every where, place. Where,
3: what verse was that? Where the angels, where fallen angels, demons were called sons of God? Where was that yes. verse?
1: Yes, it was Job's. Said, where, uh, you
3: saying yes. Yeah.
1: But, I, I showed it to you when we first started. Well, you're saying term- you
3: showed it. I'm asking you to tell me where these fallen angels are called sons of God. That's the point. I'm saying what verse says that they you're were ready? fallen angels. Yes.
1: Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them.
3: Now, what could that? Po- what are what are a couple of options that could mean? Satan well, came look, and, I don't want to
1: get into yeah. some big debate. Okay, look, I've I, I got no. callers waiting. Okay, this is—you want to just debate everything? I, I'm not into that right no, now. No, I don't. Okay? No, I'm do just telling that. you. Please,
3: I love you, brother. Just, and that's not true. Oh, hold on. Please
1: oh, don't hold on. Me. <sighs> I'm just telling you that this is where these verses, these terms occur, and they they, they occur in the context of fallen angels. Okay.
3: Okay. Then, so then, having and said angels. that, my position on that is that these were godly men. And that Satan uh, comes here to disrupt the body of Christ and other godly men. Satan was there. I believe Job was. I believe Job was one okay. of those sons of God. There, they were. They were. I believe these people were were children, servants of the Most High God. Satan is there observing them uh-huh. and then just sticking his foot in. And therefore, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to just be argumentative with yeah. you. I regret you had to conclude that or say that because I, I don't I don't operate like that. So it, it, it kind of went well, sideways when you said that. I'm not right. trying to debate everything. I'm not but, I'm not wired like that. I
1: okay. Mean, so, but, anyway. the, but the thing is, uh, I would suggest go t- look up the term "sons of God" and how it's used in the Old Testament, and that's the context and see and t- and check it out. You have your opinion, I have mine, and that we dis we disagree. Okay. All, All right, Well, we deal. can
3: at least agree that these giant. We can at least agree that these giants were existing prior to that, uh, it, it and, certainly but, and it seems to go by that text that it says also during you know afterward or during that time. So it seems yes. to be later on. Seems like there's a sequence that is missing and shows that these it, these, uh, these these sons of mm-hmm.
1: yes, that's right. But there's a, there's a lot to this, and you know it's just worth a big study. Okay. We got okay, calls with so to much. Get to
3: I, I really, re, I really regret, you know, making you think I was trying to just debate you, debate everything. Please forgive me if that's the way <laughs> that's okay. it appeared. That it's was right. never, never my, never my intention. So God bless you, sure. brother. Right. I love you.
1: All right, man. God bless. Thanks. All right. Well, now let's get over to Alberto. Hey, Alberto, welcome here on the air.
3: Well, what are nice you in my sleep? Yeah, I was watching this video from Robert Morris. He said that the the believer he is totally human, right? And then with Jesus, he's became human, but when he left heaven, he emptied himself. Basically, he ceased to be divine. So
1: No okay. Christian no well, hold that, on, we, hold on. that
2: we are partially divine.
1: No, hold on, hold on. One thing at a time. So you said Robert Morey said that he ceased being divine? Because I don't believe he would say that. Okay. Is that what well, you, I saw he, a
2: video about this guy put it out there
3: on Smart Christian Channel, Corey Minor. Put a clip, okay,
1: but that's not Robert Morey that. who would say that, right?
3: Morris, Morris, Morris.
1: Morris, okay, okay, good, okay. So, no, Jesus did not stop being divine. It's impossible. Okay. All right? And
3: so you said that once Christ lives in a Christian, that we're partially divine. That's false, right?
1: Yeah, that that's just a load of crap. Sorry, but it is. We're not partially divine. Yeah. Okay. This is when people yes, don't yes, know... Yes, 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 so. uh, they don't know uh-huh. about logic and definitions and doctrines, and then they get up and they pontificate and they think they make sense about stuff, and they don't. And that's a good example of, of a heresy. Okay? Jesus never stopped being divine, and we don't become divine. Okay, We don't. All right? uh-huh. In any way, we're not partially divine. Because it had, divinity has to do with nature and essence, and our essence is human. We don't change our essence from non-human to partially divine. Because by definition, that which is human is also not divine. So you can't have that that blend, that kind of a, of a new thing, because the properties emanate out of the essence. And if the human nature ceases to be purely human and then becomes partially divine, then the the essence is changed and the, it's called um, continuity. The continuity of the person ceases. There's a lot of problems with that position, okay?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, All right. so basically he's
1: a heretic then, right? Oh, yeah, he's a false teacher if you're saying that, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. You want okay. confirmation from you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay, All God right, bless. Man. All right, God bless. All right, let's see. Let's get to Johnny from Oklahoma City. Hey, Johnny, welcome. You're on the air.
0: Johnny,
1: you're on the air.
4: Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Sorry. I wasn't. Yes, I can. I can, hear you. can you hear me? Matt? Okay. Yes, I hear you. Um, mm-hmm. It might be a little difficult for me to get this out, but I've been kind of struggling um, with this question. It's been really bothering me, but um, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says if you are overcome by, if you're being directly attacked by evil, and I mean on a mass scale in a whole society where it says that you, there is a, time other than ecclesiastes three that you actually stand up to the evil and fight back possibly with violence or do we just uh stay as a child of god and make room for god's wrath
1: both all right and so uh let me it's been a while since i've gone to this uh the right of self-defense And uh, I got an article I wrote uh, a year or so ago. Do Christians have the right of physical self-defense? I wrote it in August of 2021, so two years ago. And the answer is absolutely yes. So physical self-defense is permitted, but it's not obligated. You have the right to defend yourself, but you don't have to. We have the right and obligation, however, to defend others. We are not to take vengeance. We are to seek peace, whenever possible. We can af- we can flee to avoid persecution. We're to pray for our persecutors. We're to love our enemies. We are in a spiritual battle. We must defend the true gospel. We're to resist evildoers, whether they're small in number or large, as well as bad governments. I've got all the references. I haven't just. I'm not going to read all the references, but to my article on on karma. Our suffering is I'll granted us by God. Many Christians have accepted death as a testimony of their faith in Christ. And in light of possible violence, Jesus told the disciples to buy a sword. He even used a scourge to drive people out of the temple. So, yeah, we have the right to defend ourselves and the obligation to defend others. So, okay.
4: Yeah, that was was perfect. Thank you. That answered everything that I was wondering.
1: Yeah, so the article is called, Do Christians Have the Right of Physical Self-Defense? Okay, and, I'll read it. And I put the summary points at the end, so people could have a quick reference. You could copy it, that's, that list and put it, you know, in your notes or whatever. But it's right there. We have the the right, for example, the right and the obligation to defend others. Psalm eighty two four, rescue the weak and needy, deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Or Proverbs twenty four eleven, deliver those who are being taken away to death, and those who are staggered, staggering to slaughter, hold them back. Or how about Luke 22:36? Jesus said, uh, "Like what? Uh, whoever has no sword, is to sell his co- a coat and buy one." So I mean, you know, Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm
4: there. Right. I, I didn't find those those uh, passages, so I'll look them up and read yeah. them.
1: And here's another one, Exodus 22, 2. If the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there will be no blood guiltness on his account. In Luke 11:21, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. So it's right there. This is what the Bible's teaching. And so we have the right of self-defense. This is different than the obligation of self-defense. So if someone's persecuting you for your faith, you have the right to defend yourself, but you're not obligated to do it. You might just sit there and take it. But when someone else is being assaulted, we have the obligation to defend them, as I read the scriptures. Okay?
4: Okay. Wow. There was a big thunder roar, did you guys hear it, (laughs) right when you said that?
1: Well well good Um, but this is something that's not taught very much in churches and it needs to and we are to be as passive as possible to pray for our enemies to be at peace whenever possible however we have the right of self-defense and if someone comes into my home seeking to do harm to my wife and I I will do whatever I can to stop them okay right, buddy we're out of time all right. God bless. Hey, folks, there's the music. And uh, it was great being back. Had a great time in Pennsylvania. And by God's grace, we'll be back on the air tomorrow and save your questions for them. We'll talk to you then. God bless. Bye.
2: Another program powered by the Truth Network.